repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for what has uh, transpired so far. We thank you for your word that is able to teach us and reach us and train us, motivate us, educate us, and change us. Lord, I pray that those who are here today who came to hear your word, their lives will be changed for the better. And that, Father, temp the, the, the temporary things that are going on in their lives will cease. And, Father, the things that are permanent in their lives that need to happen will take place. I thank you that they will leave this place into a different environment in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I just saw a lot of you all were just being challenged. Just, just. But it's a distraction. Everybody say a distraction. That's all it is. That's all it is. Just a distraction. We're in a new series called The Power of We. Everybody say The Power of We. And the purpose of this series is to show you how our unity as a church family can accomplish the impossible. And when we get involved in God's vision, then God will get involved in our vision. And so this morning, the topic uh, of my lesson is we believe. Everybody say we believe. And the real purpose of today's message is to help us see that unity produces power. Unity produces belief. In other words, when you unify yourself with someone, that means you believe what they believe. Someone, someone say amen to that. So I want you to turn to two verses of scripture. I want you to find Exodus chapter 19, verses 3. And then I want you to find 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10. That was Exodus chapter 19, verses 3. And then I want you to find 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. Now, the first point I want to make, because we're talking about now vision here and us believing, because God has given to Word of Truth Family Church a vision. Vision is always given to one for the benefit of many. In other words, when God gives a vision, he gives it to one person, and th that vision is designed to benefit many. Last week, Pastor Che referenced Acts chapter 16, verses 9 and 10, and it says this, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man from Macedonia and prayed, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And then the scripture says, after he, Paul, had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us forward to preach the gospel unto them. And Project 360, our, our, our construction project, has to move from me to we. Everybody say, from me to we. Now, 
In Exodus chapter 19, are you there? I'm going to start in verse 3. I'm going to put on my vain reading glasses. It says, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called him uh, out of the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is the Lord's. Watch verse 6. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. So God gave instructions to Moses. And now Moses is supposed to relay that vision or that message to the people. So verse 7 says... And Moses came and called for the elders of the people, that's leadership, and laid before their faces all the words which the Lord commanded them, or him. And then all, everybody say all. How many? How many? And all the people answered. Why are they answering? Because you answer what you believe. I'll show you that in just a second. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, read this part with me. We will what? We will what? We will do. Look in verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto unto the Lord. So we see that God gave the vision to Moses. And then Moses told the people the vision. And the people said, you know what? We know God said that to you. Now he said it to us. And Project 360 has to move from me to we. Come on, y'all got to get it. So here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. When, we, when me becomes we, we experience unity. I'm going to say that again. When me becomes we, we experience unity. Now I want you to say this with me. Say, when me becomes we, we experience Unity. Let's say it again. Say, when me becomes we, we experience unity. Now, now turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Because this is the vision that God gave me uh, about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago for our church. 2 Samuel, that's in the Old Testament. And I want you to find verses, uh, chapter 7 and verse 10. And if you can't find it, just look on the screen. That was 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. And you have to understand, God's word has an answer to any problem you have. And I remember, I can't remember exactly where I saw this scripture. But when I heard this scripture read, it jumped out at me. Because at the time, I was trying to determine, do we buy an existing building or do we construct one from scratch? Now, do you know it's actually easier to just buy a building, gut it out, and remodel it on the inside than it is to start something from scratch? And there was a grocery store that came available. I actually went, took took Pastor Che with me, took our builder with me. We went in there and looked at it. It was enough space in there. And and, uh, I left there, prayed about it. And the Lord said, Evan, and this is where the scripture came in at. In 2 Samuel, look in chapter 7, look in verse 10. He says, moreover, i got to put my reading glass on now. 
Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people. But instead of Israel, I heard word of truth. And he says, I will do what? I'm going to plant them that they may dwell in a place of what? Of their own. And watch this now. And what? Move no more. This is how God answered me. He said, Evan, if you go to that grocery store, are you going to have to move again? I said, yes, because it didn't have acreage. And eventually we would run out of space. He said, that's your answer. Don't mess with it. Sometimes the easy way is not God's way. Because that would have been much easier for us to do. But there are a lot of people counting on, on us and waiting on us to get to that, that, that piece of property right over there. Someone say amen to that. Now, now, turn over to Leviticus chapter 26. Go to Leviticus. That's right after Exodus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus 26. And then we're going to look in verse 7. When me becomes we, we experience unity. When me becomes we, watch this now, we experience unstoppable power. Everybody say unstoppable power. See, once you get unified, you become unstoppable. When you look up the power of a normal Clydesdale Budweiser horse, you know those big horses? One horse can typically pull about seven to 800 pounds. Just one of them. You would think that when you put two of them together, instead of, you know, 700 pounds, then it would double to 1,400 pounds. But that's not the case. When you double two Clydesdale horses together, instead of pulling 1,400 pounds, it actually goes up to 3,000 pounds. The scripture actually puts it like this. One can put 1,000 to flight, but two of us can actually put 10,000 to flight. In other words, when me becomes we, then we experience unity. And once unity is there, we experience unstoppable power. In Leviticus chapter 26, look in verse 7. It says, and you shall chase your enemies and they will fall before you by the sword. Watch verse 8. And five of you shall chase how many? A hundred. Watch this multiplication process. And a hundred of you shall put forth... How many? 10,000 to flight. Look at God's math. He said, listen, five of you can run off a hundred of them. He said, but a hundred of you can put 10,000 to flight. I wonder what would happen if we all got together and say, you know what? This is what God wants us to do. If one can put a thousand to flight, or in this case, if five can put a hundred and a hundred can put 10,000, what can 1,500 of us do? Amen. Now, I love the, the same verse in the, uh, new, uh, in the NIV. This is what it says. You will pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. Five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000 and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. In other words, I wanted you to see that the more of us we are that are unified, the more power we have. Now write down Joshua chapter 23 verse 10 because this is what it says. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fights for you. Now he says one can put a thousand. So if we can just get together, guess what? Power comes. 
Everybody say power comes. See, together the children of Israel conquered the whole city of Jericho. 300 unified men took over the Midianites. Even J.J. on the classic show. Y'all remember the classic show? Good times. Come on, some of y'all hear me. Good times. How many remember that show? Let me see your hand. You know why? Because you're old. That's the only reason. Because some of y'all are going, what is, what is good times? Yeah. Well, see, good times were serious good times for us. Well, in the show, he used to have this saying. Together we stand. Come on, help me. Divided we fall. We're tighter than pantyhose. Two sizes small. I mean, even J.J. knew the power of unity. Romans 8.31, even though we can individualize this verse, it actually reads this way. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Everybody say, when me becomes we, we experience unity. Now go over to Psalm 133 and we'll close on this. Psalm 133. Go to Psalm 133. Because see, I found out something. When people come into unity, there is a blessing that comes along with it. See, you may can do some things by yourself. But when you get together and we do it as a group, there is something called a commanded blessing that comes along with it. In Psalm 133... Look in verse 1. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell how? Together. But he goes on to say in what? Because see, you can be together with somebody but not be unified. And when you're in unity, you will see the same thing and you will say the same thing. It goes on to say, It. It's like the precious ointment. What is it talking about? It's talking about unity. Unity is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down the skirts of the garment. It was as the dew of Hermon. What? Unity was like the dew of Hermon as the dew that descended upon down the, the mountains of Zion. For there, there where? There at Zion or there where the, the unity was, the Lord commanded what? The commanded blessing. Now, the word commanded means to a point. And the word blessing means prosperity and liberality. So he was saying when we come into unity, God's going to appoint some prosperity and some liberality to us. See, some of us are not at the level that we want to be because we will eat and sleep and squander the prosperity. When God says, I want to appoint some prosperity to you, but it's not just for you. It's for you and it is also for you to be liberal. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Uh, go to second. Go to first Samuel. Go, go back. Go back. to No, second Samuel. I remember that from the first service. Go to second Samuel. Go back there real quick. I got a couple of minutes here. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Let me show you something about unity. And you know, uh, sometimes when God does something through a person, many people benefit. See, when David killed Goliath, he wasn't the only one that benefited from that. The scripture says that he got the king's daughter, married her, and the king blessed him with, you know, 
with some stuff. But then the, the, the king said, oh, you know what? I'm going to set your family free. But that, it went further than that because the Bible says now all of Israel was free. Because remember now, whoever won the fight was going to have, or lost the fight would have to serve the other one. So they would have had to serve the Philistines, but now the Philistines ended up serving him or them. So in 2 Samuel, are you there? Chapter 6, let me just explain this. Because God will always cause blessings to come where his presence is. And remember, if we're building a project for God, for him to rest his presence. Now we know his presence is in us. We know that. But there has to be a physical place where he can also come because there are some folks that need to know who he is. And see, anytime you build a place for God to be, his presence resides. And in the Old Testament, they had this thing called the ark. It was like this nice box, but it was kind of decorated. And, and uh, it was where God's presence was. It wasn't inside of them like it is in us. It was in this ark. Well, nobody could touch the ark but the high priest. And one day, uh, they had put the ark on this new cart to, to hold it up. And this mule was actually rolling the cart. So the mule was going along. Well, the mule stumbled. And it looked like the ark was about to fall. Well, this guy put his hand on the ark to keep it from falling. And you know what happened to him? He died because he was not authorized to touch it. But then, watch what happened. Dave was getting ready to take the ark back to Israel. He said, well, I ain't doing that now. God looked like he mad, so I ain't messing with that thing. Well, look now in chapter 10. I mean, not chapter 10. Verse 10 in chapter 6. It says, so David would not remove the ark unto him, of the Lord unto him, unto the city of David. But he carried it aside into the house of a man named Oba-Edom. Now, let me tell you what happened. David saw this man touch the ark. The man fell dead. David was like, I ain't touching that. He said, man, what are we going to do? I don't know. You taking it? I ain't taking it. You touching it? I ain't touching it either. I'll tell you what. Hey, 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 you. You. Come here, man. Come here. Oh, that's King David. I got to do what he tell me to do. Yes, sir. Yes, King. Uh, I need you to take this ark home with you. You want me to take it home? Yeah, I need you to take it home. So now we're going to pick it up in verse 11. Watch this. And the Lord continued in the house, or the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for how many months? How many months? Three months. And look what happened. And the Lord did what? He blessed who? Obed-Edom. Not just Obed-Edom. And all of his what? Household. And then in verse 12 it says, and it was told to King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And all that pertained to him, him, to, uh, uh, unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and took the ark from Obed-Edom. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God's going to bring some prosperity to us when we commit to this project. Let me tell you something. Some of the most pros prosperous times in my wife and I's lives or when we were part of building fund projects. Now, some of you all have been a part of building fund projects and you never saw the building. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you had a building fund, but the roof was leaking. And all they did to fix that was put a bucket under it every time it rained. Drip, drip. You never saw it happen. Well, I'm telling you, everything that we've said we do so far, we've done it. Now, listen. I didn't even want to do a building project, a campaign. 
But the bank said, we need to see not just your commitment. We need to see the church's commitment. So now it's not me. It's we. Come on, class. Now it's not me. It's we. It's we. So I want you to look now. Everybody should have gotten a card that looks like this. And on the front of that card, it says the power of who? Now, if you did not get a card, because this card is not per family, this card is per individual. So I want you to get one. So if you didn't get one, raise your hand, and our ushers are going to give you one real quick. All right, keep your hand up, and they're going to pass some out to you. All right? And while they're doing that, if you'll notice on the front of the card, the scripture that we, we read earlier in 2 Samuel...